pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Your number one source for all the league's top headlines. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. The journey to the Horizon League tourney starts right here. It's Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. I'm Justin Kenner. Glad to be back with you here as, of course, we are officially at the race to the finish line. That's right. I can't believe it. It's mid-February. We just all celebrated Valentine's Day this week. I look at the calendar. I'm like, holy smokes. We are very close to postseason. We're very close to March Madness, and this is my favorite time of year. And then you start to look at the standings within the conference for both men and women's basketball. Things are heating up, which is good with how cold it is outside. I'm excited to come back at you with another week's edition of Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. And while everybody is talking about Cleveland State and, and of course, the reigning defending Horizon League champions, Dennis Gates has done a fantastic job since taking over the Cleveland State Vikings program. And they're sitting right at the top. Oakland is right up there at the top as well. Of course, they are running off of the success of Jamal Kane, of course, who they were able to get the big-time transfer from Marquette in the offseason. And Coach Camp He's done a fantastic job blending the talent, and they are just as dangerous as anyone at the top of the league. Of course, Wright State's always in the mix, but that one team that always seems to be the thorn in everyone's side, while everyone focuses on the on the Antoine Davises of the world, as they should, by the way, the Pat Baldwin Juniors of the world, Cleveland State doing a great job, Jamal Kane at Oakland, there's NKU. Northern Kentucky, who's no stranger to the NCAA tournament, no stranger to hoisting up the trophy come Horizon League tournament time. And you look at the success that they have had over the last couple of weeks, and it's no surprise why they are also sitting atop the Horizon League standings. Voice of the Norse and Northern Kentucky, we have Jim Kelch joining us on this week's edition to Reach the Horizon. Mr. Kelch, good morning. Welcome. How are you today? I'm well, Justin. Thanks, and uh, appreciate your having me on. I always love to talk about uh, Darren Horns, Northern Kentucky Norse. Yeah, and let's talk about them because, you know what, I, I found interesting. And, and again, rightfully so, there's so many great players in the conference. There's so many great storylines. And then there's Northern Kentucky, who on paper, and there's no disrespect, not the sexiest of rosters, right? Like there's not the, the names that pop out that are just dominating the league in scoring. And I think that's kind of the NKU model for success right there because it's about team basketball. And that's what NKU does. And, you know, you start looking at their recent run of success since January 25th, Jim. They, you know, they own two wins over Wright State. They have a win over Oakland and a win over Cleveland State. And with just a handful of games remaining, they're the hottest team in the Horizon League right now. What have you seen as far as how this team has kind of turned things around? Hasn't been a down season, but it hasn't been a season that they've dominated either. But with some wins over the top teams in the conference and right there in the mix of things for a Horizon League title, this has been a fun stretch, I'm sure, calling these games. Well, I'll tell you, you're, you, you hit on a couple of good points. It hasn't been the best of seasons for NKU in terms of overall record. Right now, they sit at 15 wins and 10 losses, and at one point, Right in the early part of January, after losing to Milwaukee in a game, by the way, in which they had a 17-point lead early in the second half, lost that game 
to the Panthers. They sat at 5-8 and eight overall. That's on January the 1st, and everybody was shaking their head and scratching their head, figuring, what's going on with this team? How can a team that made it to the semifinals of the conference tournament a year ago be in this position now with, by and large, the same team back from last season and then adding a guy who's going to be, more likely than not, the freshman of the year in the Horizon League in San Vincent and one of the top rebounders in the league from another team, Detroit, and you get Chris Brandon in here. So how can this team be, after 13 games, the way it is? And the answer turned out to be they all weren't quite meshing the way they needed to mesh. They were still figuring each other out. And maybe they weren't quite in the right positions where they needed to be. So to Darren Horn's credit and his staff's credit, they did a little tweaking on Sam Benson, who came much heralded in uh, to this program this year, was the starting point guard. They moved him to the off-guard spot. And uh, in place of him there, put Bryson Langdon back into that, that starting uh, point guard position. Bryson has been here for three years now and by and large has been a starter. On occasion, he's gone out of the lineup when other players have come back from injury. But it always seems like Bryson Langdon finds himself back into the starting uh, rotation for NKU. And when he went back into that starting point guard spot, it allowed Sam Vincent really to not worry about that, all the stuff that goes into being the point guard and concentrate on his offense and his defense. And things really blossomed from that point on. And really, you can even point to the fact that when uh, Adrian Nelson in the middle was down due to COVID uh, uh, implications, he missed a couple of games. And Chris Brandon, who had always been a starter at Detroit, moved into the starting rotation for the first time. He seemed to really take off in that spot. So from that point on, things have really, really gone well. And, of course, we know that NKU has won uh, nine of its last ten, ten of its last twelve, and went from one and three in the conference to where they are now at, le- at 11 and five, and right, as you said, right in the mix of everything atop the league. Yeah, eight players averaging five or more points per game, and I know you look at five points per game and say, well, that's not that special, but when you, when you think about the team basketball aspect and you start getting those kind of contributions, when you're getting multiple buckets uh, from at least eight players on a nightly basis, I mean, that's called just spreading the rock around, that's sharing the basketball, good team-quality basketball. And then, of course, the three players you talked about averaging all in double figures with Marquise Warwick, Sam Vincent, you talked about, and, of course, a familiar name in Trayvon Faulkner, uh, I mean, this is just a very good balanced team. You know, when you talked about how you know that that switch that was that was flipped and the adjustments that Coach Darren Horn made throughout. You know, I just always find NKU so fascinating because they've won three of the last five Horizon League tournaments. They buy into the system, whether it was John Brandon there, now Darren Horn there. The the atmosphere at these NKU games and, of course, the culture, I mean, just talk about how that just never seems to change from one season to the next, whether it was John Brandon, whether it was Darren Horn now. Uh, just the, the, the program itself, what separates it from the other conf- or from the other schools in the conference as far as the culture is concerned? Well, you know, uh, that's a good question, Justin, because there are a lot of great schools in the Horizon League, a lot of very nice arenas, but for some reason we feel here at Northern Kentucky that uh, it's kind of a hidden gem among uh, mid-major college basketball uh, facilities and programs in that it is located like Cleveland State, like Detroit, like Oakland, uh, like Milwaukee, in a big city with only three miles from campus to the middle of uh, downtown Cincinnati, and arguably, 
BB&T Arena is the nicest arena in town. Now, people will say the renovated uh, Fifth Third Arena for Cincinnati is very good. The Centos Center at Xavier is very good, and they all are. But BB&T Arena is a beautiful arena, and when you see opposing players and fans come in and looking around thinking, wow, this is a beautiful place. It is a really good recruiting tool as well. The fact that you're near a big city in Cincinnati and have an airport here that people can fly right into uh, in northern Kentucky that is the Greater Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky uh, International Airport. All those things really play into the fact that Northern Kentucky, right in the middle of the conference, by and large, is a great stop for, for very good players, players who are moving from maybe a, a high major, going down to the mid-major area, uh, junior college transfers, and, and whatever you may have there. I, I just think it is, is a perfect landing spot for a lot of people, big enough, so they can have uh, a good time and enjoy things that they like small enough uh, when you get away from downtown that uh, you can relax and have fun. And, and yet and the basketball has always been great, led by uh, – and this is funny because a lot of players, you don't see them hanging around the uh, arena once their careers are over. But there are two guys in particular that uh, hang around NKU that are there a lot, that work in the community. And the biggest one, of course, is Drew McDonald, the all-time leading scorer and rebounder in NKU history, is there. He's at almost every single game. And uh, uh, we were joking the other day when the NKU beat Detroit, uh, pardon me, when they beat Oakland in an overtime game that uh, Greg Campy got a couple technicals at the end of the game and was thrown out of the contest. And it said it probably really uh, manifested itself with him when he looked right across the court and there, almost at midcourt, sitting there, was Drew McDonald, the guy who buried his team in the semifinals of the conference tournament three or four years ago with that last-second buzzer beater. And so he's getting beat in this game, and, uh, and then he looks across the way, and he sees Drew McDonald sitting there, and that probably just enraged him even more. So uh, we just think the culture of NKU basketball has really grown, starting with John Brannon and now carrying over into Darren Horn's era. Yeah, that it's definitely a, a tournament memory that I think all of us NKU fans are not do remember. Um, and, and I love that again, just kind of just bringing out that rage of just kind of it all coming back to him, just flashing back to him. And uh, man, what a memory that was. And you know what is cool? And we see this here at Wright State a lot. Uh, my favorite thing is like when you see players, uh, former players of Coach Nagy, when they come back into town, you know, every once in a while you look down and you won't just see one or two former players. You'll see about three, four or five and they're all sitting together and they're all sitting behind the bench and they're all c- catching up with coaches after the game. Um, that, that right there, it just shows that, hey, you know, it means something to these players, current players, past present, uh, past players. And it sounds like that same kind of culture exists with Northern Kentucky, obviously. Uh, but Wright State, great program. Northern Kentucky, great program. A lot of great programs. Your thoughts just on, you know, with Cleveland State, uh, Dennis Gates, you know, Darren Horn's done a fantastic job at Northern Kentucky. I think the coaching in the league uh, is top-notch right now. I love the story of Cleveland State right now as well. Just your thoughts looking around the league and seeing, you know exactly what I mean when you know where Cleveland State was just a few years ago as far as the situation they were in. They just couldn't seem to get out of their own way. They struck gold with Dennis Gates. Just your thoughts on the job that he has done at Cleveland State. Well, before I address that, let me just throw out a couple of other names. And I mentioned Drew McDonald, but I want to I want to spotlight Cole Murray, who sits there with Drew McDonald courtside all the time, one of the best three-point shooters in NKU D1 history. He's in a lot of games. Tyler Sharp, a left-handed mm-hmm. sharp shooter, if you will. 
uh, there for many years is, is a lot of uh, times at the games. And we even ran into a guy from the early era of the D1 uh, NKU uh, run, uh, Dean Danos. He really wasn't a, a starter. He played for a couple of years before he got injured. But w- when we were up in Indianapolis, we ran into Dean Danos, who had uh, – as in dental school, and he came out to see uh, the team play. And he's been down here for the homecoming weekend uh, recently. So you see a lot of these former players coming back, and they really are taking pride in what they're seeing with this NKU team and with this program. So I just wanted to throw those guys' names out there. But you're right regarding uh, Dennis Gates and the job he has done at Cleveland State because for many years, Cleveland State, and I don't want to use the word laughingstock, but Cleveland State was a team that you knew that when you played them, you were more likely going to beat them. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether it be at home or up at, uh, at the Wolstein Center, you were going to go in there and get a victory. But when Dennis Gates took over, he implemented a program that has really, really worked out well. They don't have, other than Tory Patton, what you would consider a star player. But they execute uh, their offense and their defense so well that they, last year, obviously won the regular season won the conference tournament, went to the NCAA, and this year they're right up there again. So, again, Torrey Patton is a great player, and they have some some very, very fine support players around him, including uh, probably their quarterback on the floor, Trey Gomillion. And uh, they're a tough team to beat, and they've, they really have had NKU's number up until recently when they came down to uh, BB&T Arena, and NKU got the best of them. And so they're going to be a – a tough team to beat. They and Oakland are the only teams right now that have single-digit losses, and uh, NKU is very fortunate to get wins over both of them. They had that long five-game homestand, and they really got things rolling. They were able to beat Cleveland State. They were able to uh, uh, beat Purdue-Fort Wayne, both teams that had beaten them earlier in the year. And then they, they, they won that incredible overtime game against Oakland uh, where they came from behind to get the victory. And I really kind of think that that game wore them down for the following day against Detroit. I know this team is looking forward to going to Detroit this weekend and trying to avenge that loss to Mike Davis's team because, excuses aside, they played 45 minutes on Friday night of intense basketball against Oakland and then because of weather-related issues had to come back the very next night and play Detroit. Detroit had gotten blown out at Wright State the night before, so maybe it wasn't quite as intense for them there. And they did get the better of NKU in that game, but I know the North feel like they can get the job done in Detroit this weekend. All right, good stuff. The voice of the Norse in Northern Kentucky, Jim Kelch, good enough to be our guest on this week's edition of Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. It's hard to believe that we're just a few weeks away from the Horizon League championships getting underway. March 1st is when the Horizon League first round uh, tournament or when the first round of the Horizon League tournament will tip off on campus sites and then, of course, getting down to the Final Four, which will culminate again at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum in Indianapolis. The road to the Horizon League tournament is going to be a fun one, that is for sure. Jim, send us out with this if you don't mind. You mentioned it. They're coming up a big weekend. Uh, they lost to Detroit the last time, as you mentioned, but they're at Detroit. They can get that game back this weekend. They're at Oakland and then. Talk about the advantages of being, a, especially in a tight race like this, just talk about how important it is to get the wins this weekend, but then to have the opportunity to close out the season, the regular season, with two at home. That has to be big, especially against Robert Morris, Youngstown State. Having two home games to close out the regular season in a tight race for a regular season title, that has to be big. You know, I'll tell you this, Justin. You look at the league, and other than the struggles that IUPUI has gone through this year, 
even Green Bay, with three and thirteen right now in the conference, they're a tough they're a tough game to play. And NKU just won up there by nine. But they're a tough team. I know their record doesn't look like it. You look at four and twenty one overall and say how tough can they be? But they've been a tough team to beat. Robert Morris, uh, they they defeated NKU when uh, the Norse were up there. It was their first conference win. They they've got Khalil Spear, who's just a terrific player, and some decent support players around them. So really, we've talked uh, on the air and off the air about it. Even if Northern Kentucky is fortunate enough to finish in the top four and thus get that first-round bye, and now that UIC is back in the mix to play in the conference tournament, all 12 teams will be in there. And those first-round games, the winners that come out of there, I don't know that there's any team that you look at and say, oh, good, we get to play them. That's going to be an easy game into the semifinals. I mean, you look at... Robert Morris, you look at Milwaukee, who uh, uh, beat NKU at home. Uh, UIC, which we, uh, we NKU, won in overtime up at their place. Detroit, Youngstown State, and, and Purdue-Fort Wayne, along with NKU, probably the three hottest teams going right now. There are no easy draws once you get to the quarterfinals. So it's, gonna be, it's going to be difficult, and uh, it makes for a very exciting basketball. I'm looking forward to this weekend up in Detroit, Friday night against the uh, Titans. Sunday afternoon against the Golden Grizzlies, and then the opportunity to close it out at home is going to be going to be good for NKU. They can avenge hopefully that loss to Robert Morris, and then that final regular season game against uh, uh, Jared Calhoun's Youngstown State team. That's going to be an intense battle. Look to have a great crowd uh, at BB&T for that one. And uh, the team that comes out of this conference to represent uh, uh, the league in the NCAA tournament is really going to have, be battle tested because the league this year, really from top to bottom is as equally matched, I believe, as it has been in many, many years. I agree. There's always been that one team, that number one team at the top that everyone just assumes is going to win it all. And it, you can't assume anything right now because it's so tight between one and five. I mean, Purdue-Fort Wayne, they're a, they're a team that's quietly just kind of hanging in the mix right there as well. They're another fun story to keep an eye on. The Norse and Northern Kentucky have won three the last five Horizon League championships. Can they make it six? Of course, we got to get to the tournament first, but an exciting final four games of the regular season for Northern Kentucky. Jim Kelch, voice of the Norse. Jim, thank you so much. It's always great hearing your voice, and uh, love that we're talking about basketball with fans and the tournament around the corner and a chance to go dancing in March. It's going to be an exciting finish, that's for sure. Yeah, it will be. And, Justin, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it and allowing me to uh, uh, expound about NKU. We love to talk about the Norse, and hopefully we'll run into you up, up in Indianapolis. All right, good stuff there. Again, Jim Kelch, voice of the Norse in Northern Kentucky. Jim is one of my favorite guests. I mean, I've been listening to Jim for many, many years, going all the way back to his time with the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, I mean, I loved his work with the Reds, and I loved when I found out that he was doing the games for Northern Kentucky because obviously our uh, you know affiliation here with the Horizon League. So still getting to to interview Jim and talk with him, whether it's Reds baseball or Northern Kentucky, Horizon League basketball in general, always appreciate his time. Uh, and does a fantastic job. I really uh, love the the broadcast crews around the Horizon League. I, I mean, I live here in Dayton. I've, I follow Wright State closely. Chris 
Collins and Jim Brown are fantastic. I mean, Jim Brown coming to the table with his former coaching experience. Uh, I mean, so knowledgeable about the league, so knowledgeable about his Wright State program, of course. And then Chris Collins, 25 years of experience. Uh, I mean, when you hear that voice, I mean, it just sounds like a radio voice. Same thing with Jim Kelch, but there are a lot of great radio voices uh, and just voices in general that bring you Horizon League basketball on a weekly basis, whether you're listening to it on the radio, on the stream, or of course on the ESPN Plus feed. Uh, the Horizon League is very fortunate to have so many great media members. Neil Rule, another one. I mean, I'm going to leave some guys out, not purposely, but uh, a lot of really good ones out there. Appreciate their work, and I definitely appreciate Mr. Jim Kelch for coming on. It's the journey to the Horizon League tourney, as of course, uh, we just started bringing the podcast back last week, of course, and it's, you know, the race to the finish line and what a race it's going to be. Cleveland State, standings wise, sitting atop the Horizon League as they've been throughout pretty much the entire season, 17 and 7 overall. 13 and 4 mark in the Horizon League. They've kind of been tripped up a few times over the over the last week, which has been able to keep teams like Oakland in it. I mean, you look at Northern Kentucky, they're still in it. Northern Kentucky, as I said, that's the team that no everyone needs to be paying attention to. You know, Wright State, a uh, great team, of course, Grant Basile, Tanner Holden, uh, you know, Trey Calvin. I mean, they have a great roster, they have a great team. But while everyone's focusing on them and talking about Jamal Kane in Oakland, and by the way, I'm not saying this in a disrespectful tone, like these teams should be talked about, there's Northern Kentucky. They're just kind of hanging around. They're just kind of doing their own thing. But since January 25th, and let's see, it's February 16th right now, so we're talking about a two-and-a-half, three-week stretch. Over the last three weeks, Northern Kentucky, they hold two wins over Wright State, they hold a win over Oakland, and they hold a win over Cleveland State. They have beaten everyone on, in front of them. They have four games left, another big road series coming up, as we talked about with Jim. Of course, they're going to be at Detroit, at Oakland this weekend, and then they get to close it out at home, Robert Morris and Youngstown State. Having two home games, the final two games of the regular season, when you're in a tight race like this, look out for Northern Kentucky. Whether it be the regular season champions or, of course, the tournament, Northern Kentucky has won three the last five Horizon League championships and they're looking to make it six. The last one that they won, they, of course, didn't actually get to go and play in the tournament due to COVID, of course, canceling the 2020 NCAA tournament. Northern Kentucky, they want to redeem that storyline. They want to get back to the NCAA tournament. And, of course, they're equipped to do so. Oakland 11-4 and four in the Horizon League as Northern Kentucky comes in at third at 11-5. and five. Wright State's there at 12-6. and six. Very similar to Northern Kentucky. While everyone's talking about those other top, you know, top three, the four teams, I'm really impressed with Purdue Fort Wayne. I love the job that that Purdue Fort Wayne what, what they've done since coming into the league last year. Of course, it was kind of a you know it, it kind of was unfortunate that they were introduced to the league and Robert Morris introduced to the league during a, a season with no fans, not being able to really kind of capture what their atmosphere is like at their home games or for them to be able to capture what the atmosphere is like at, at their Horizon League opponents' uh, arenas throughout the conference. But they're getting that experience this year, and they're quietly sitting there at 16-10, and 11-6 in Horizon League play. Do not be surprised if the Mastodons are one of the final four teams dancing at Indiana Farmers Coliseum in Indianapolis. That is definitely going to be a one to look out for, a team to look out for especially after getting that triple overtime win against Cleveland State. I mean, there's something about the way that Purdue-Fort Wayne plays because they have just always been a thorn in the side uh, of Cleveland State. You think back to last year's uh, Horizon League tournament, I mean, Purdue-Fort Wayne almost pulling off the upset against Cleveland State, really forcing them, pushing them to the limit. Uh, But again, Purdue-Fort Wayne, they won a triple overtime thriller 
to extend its win streak to five games and end its home regular season schedule, having won six in a row. So that's the unfortunate part for the Mastodons is, you know, they did play a lot of home games early, but they're done playing at home, at least for the foreseeable future, unless they can find a way to crack that top four. But what a stretch that the Mastodons are on uh, right now. That's going to be interesting kind of following them as far as that is concerned. Uh, upcoming schedule, UIC at Youngstown State, IUPUI at Robert Morris. That's a 7 and an 8 o'clock kick, uh, tip-off, I should say. See, I still got football on my mind. Excuse me. Uh, but that's coming up tomorrow night. I'm recording this on a Wednesday morning, so Thursday night, February 17th. But this weekend, man, so many big games. Northern Kentucky at Detroit. Northern Kentucky looking to redeem that loss, as we just talked about with Jim Kelch. Purdue-Fort Wayne at Green Bay. Cleveland State at Milwaukee. And Milwaukee looks solid. Okay, Milwaukee just got a big win against Wright State. This is not the season that many were anticipating with Milwaukee, considering they were in all of the headlines heading into the year after acquiring the league's highest-ranked recruit ever in Pat Baldwin Jr. I feel bad for him because... The sky's the limit for that kid, but the injuries have kind of slowed down his development this year as well as the team chemistry with him. But look out because they've got him back now, and if they can pick up a few big wins, which they've already started with a win against Wright State, imagine what can happen if they get a win at home against Cleveland State. Now Milwaukee's in the conversation. Have I told you I can't wait for this Horizon League tournament? Indianapolis is going to be insane when we get to the Final Four, that's for sure. Wright State looking to keep their uh, you know, chances alive as well as they're kind of behind the eight ball a little bit you know you they had a tough loss you know this past weekend two tough losses losing at Milwaukee and then of course losing at home against Northern Kentucky they're at that six loss mark they're really going to they're going to have to rely on a lot of help in front of them if they still want a chance at a regular season Horizon League crown Purdue Fort Wayne at Milwaukee coming up on Sunday Northern Kentucky at Oakland and then Cleveland State at Green Bay well, that wraps it up for us. This has been Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. It's the journey to the Horizon League tourney, and we cannot be more excited as the race to the finish line is, of course, heating up, and it's all going to culminate March 7th and 8th at Indiana Farmers Coliseum, where we'll crown a Horizon League tournament champion for both men and women's basketball, and it's going to be an exciting finish, that is for sure. Until next week, this has been Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League.